I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Warsaw, Bratislava and Magdeburg. I'm David. And I'm Mark and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. A podcast about digital journalism made by us, two digital journalists, about and with and everything on digital journalism. Not only with journalists, sometimes there are some experts, but they all surely know about uh, digitalization and everything that has to do with the internet. <laughs> Can I say it like that, David, what you say? <laughs> I, th I think it's the like we, we always have a, n a new introduction to the podcast <laughs> so if someone's a, a regular listener they could like have the feeling they're always listening to a new podcast by us yeah but yeah it's perfect and our voices sound always the same except we are sick uh, as we were in the last few episodes actually <laughs> but i'm now feeling all right i hope you you're all right as well Yes, I actually got better. Perfect. How was uh, so. the elections in Slovakia? It's um, not too far away, just some days. No, it was like this weekend we had like regional elections and it was a surprise. So the turnout was like the the biggest in those regional elections because we have two kinds of regional elections. So it has been the, the like the, the highest number, but still just like 30% of voters showed up. But that's like... oh like big enough for this kind of election that we had <laughs> because usually it was around 20 um uh but uh yeah it, it it was it was like many many independent candidates were were chosen uh like uh, the 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 ruling par party lost uh, a lot of like import important votes and so it has been quite interesting and uh so the, there was a, I must say, like, just just quickly, there was a controversy in Slovakia four years ago when we had this election. We, we elected into the, uh, like, the head of the regional council. We elected, like, a member of a f fascist party. And so he was running for re-election now, and he did not get uh, re-elected. So that was quite, a, like, a, a win for Slovakia, okay. I would say, this weekend. Okay, and you must and have been busy. I, <laughs> yes, yes, I was, I was like super busy. You know it because you have been editing the podcasts and uh, taking care for everything. So yeah, and uh, before we introduce our guest, I would just want to know a little bit. Uh, two episodes earlier, we talked about the Facebook algorithm and um, mixing up of pages and explore feed and so on. How is the business from now? with the explore feed and the page reach and so on in Slovakia. So I have actually caught up with Philip again last week. We have talked about this uh, a little bit. Also, one of my colleagues has uh, written uh, uh, an English article about this. Uh, I will link it in the uh, podcast description. And basically the same thing is still happening. We are finding out that also this uh, like change in algorithm is, uh, I would say like, I would uh, I would want to say hurting, but I'm not sure. Like, so the uh, the businesses in Slovakia which were used to have some organic reach, now had to change their Facebook strategy uh, into promoting almost all of their posts to get exposure. So 
which which is I guess okay for big businesses for big brands, but smaller businesses, I would say they are hurting. Okay. And the uh, the media, uh, so we have we I, I we have uh, like uh, more numbers, and I can definitely say that this change has has really uh, affected in a bad way the reach of local news on Facebook. So our, our, our we, in our publishing house, we have like 30 local newspapers, which all have their Facebook pages. And they basically said that Facebook is, is, has, has dropped like a lot. So they had like half of, the, half of their um, visits from Facebook. And that has dropped to less than half of that. So it's now like around 20%. And uh, so they are looking for ways what to do next. So we are talking a lot about newsletters, about uh, maybe uh, engaging more with Google, like making better SEO and uh, uh, finding other ways for a distribution of content. But Facebook has so far uh, been like the same since the change of the algorithm. Okay. They said that it will last... Uh, that it would last some some weeks or even months so we'll see and if any of the listeners out there got the same problems and want to share it with us please do it on facebook or twitter or wherever you want to contact us we are online almost all the time unless we are sleeping which is sometimes the case <laughs> so but um as it is now it's hard for you and hard for all the pages that are infected with the explore feed virus as i would say it um, but we still need a way to come to our guest today and i have no idea so i would just say we introduce her <laughs> yeah let's do it i i would like to welcome lea to the to the podcast uh, she's from poland and she'll tell us more about herself lea welcome hi hi david hi mark Uh, I could start by saying that I'm actually not from Poland. I'm based in Warsaw, but I'm Canadian. And I'm also the managing editor of Newsmavens.com, which is a collaboration between European media partners to create a daily news roundup. In and also, yes. uh, sorry, sorry to go, interrupt go, you, but go ahead, uh, David. I, I, I just couldn't pronounce uh, your, your surname. So it's like Berald or... I'm, I'm, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> Could you say it? Oh, no, no, you try, David. <laughs> so, I, I would definitely say it like uh, with like little confidence that I would, re uh, um, I mean, read it something like Lea Berault. Not bad. T is silent. No, not bad. The T, the T is silent. It's actually just Berio. Berio. So yeah, like Oreo, yeah, yeah. but with a B. Yeah, with, with a B. Berio. That's actually easy. Okay, but it sounds like okay. So all the guests that who see the description, there is like the her last name, and this this wouldn't be your first try. <laughs> It's a frightening looking name. I'll agree. So how oh, did you? Uh, how, have you ever tried to pronounce David's last name? <laughs> that's that's tricky. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Is it Tverdon? Uh, go again, please. Tverdon. Very nice. Thank very, you. Very nice. So I see you have spent some time in Poland already. 
yeah, sometime in Poland, sometime in the Czech Republic, no time in Slovakia, but I'm, I'm hoping uh, life will take me there one day. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, come and uh, learn Slovak. <laughs> uh, so how did, how did you end up in, in Warsaw? That's a long story, but it was actually a very logical move for me after studying uh, Central and Eastern European politics in back in Ottawa in my hometown so it was a very natural move and it's a great city great energy loads of interesting projects like news mavens so um, an easy choice to make and how did you end up uh, in journalism I don't know if I ended up in journalism this is actually my first journalistic project um, I was mostly working in cultural diplomacy beforehand So it's something new for me. But on the other hand, I was always working online. And I think uh, right now, diplomacy and journalism are entirely, almost entirely happening online. Of course, there are still very interesting initiatives on paper, but the discussion's happening online. Let's not delude ourselves. So it was perhaps a natural move. But I should also say that my work is, is not being a journalist, but it is giving a voice to outstanding European journalists. So I would say that's my priority at the moment in my career. How did you end up in News Mavens and tell us a little bit about that project? Sure, sure. Actually, that will reveal a lot about the project because um, when I saw the online It wasn't even an ad, it was just a little Facebook post about the News Mavens project and there was no website back then. I was definitely not looking for a job, but I thought it was a great initiative because it's it's a news roundup where all the editorial decisions are, are taken by women. And I thought this was a very interesting initiative. So I, I wrote to our editor-in-chief, Zuzana Jometska, saying that I could maybe volunteer for one hour per week or something like this. Maybe I could help a little bit proofread or do something like that. And she asked me to come and meet her, and she described the project in a way that made me quit everything and join News Mavens full-time, 100%, because it was just so interesting to me, her perspective on the project. It really isn't a political statement or a rebellion against traditional media or against male journalism, not at all. It's just an experiment because we want to see what happens if we do things this way, if we have a small um, international initiative where the news, local news trickle very rapidly to the English language discussion and where these news are selected by women. And we're going to track where things are going and we're going to take notes and we're going to see if something different emerges at the end of the project. But we're keeping a very open mind about it and that's that's what made me join. This must be one of the most interesting projects we ever talked about. I mean, the contribu uh, contributors are from all around Europe and... Um, they're all uh, female, they have uh, like interesting perspectives and they also got some of their other projects behind them. Like for example, as I'm from Germany, I surely know uh, Pauline Tillmann and her project Die Correspondentin. How did you, uh, when you um, came to them or worked together with them, like got a hold of their 
experiences and what they had like in their countries as yeah as experiences and ideas and projects for their own these are truly fantastic women it's such an honor to work with them and i have to say that many of them found us when they heard about the project they immediately hopped on board because it was aligned with their with their personal projects like Pauline obviously and and the wonderful Dan Correspondentin. I I also I don't want to speak for them, but I assume that these are very talented women who wanted their voices to be heard in by a wider audience. So perhaps they were interested in having their content uh, published in English. For example, we have an outstanding journalist from Hungary, but if you write for in Hungarian for a Hungarian newspaper, even if it is truly outstanding reporting, it's rather difficult to find your way into the English language conversation just because the language barrier is, is significant. And uh, similarly, I mean, I, I, I think that all of them in a way were interested in showcasing their, their work in a platform that was a little bit different than traditional media. So I'm hoping to achieve this. And generally, the mood is fantastic. Everybody loves working uh, with News Maven. So it's so far so good. You just recently launched the platform, right? Correct. We launched on September 29th, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we've been live for a very short time, a month and what is it, a month and a week? Yeah. But it yes. and I bet yeah. yes go ahead I bet you've I, be, I bet you've uh, you've learned something that some perspectives on topics and yeah on, on news stories are different can you give us some insights or some experiences you you gathered from from all the contributors and from your even if it's a short period of time but your month and some days now with pleasure I, actually I was thinking about two things. The first thing, I'll just jump back into the Slovak politics discussion from earlier in this episode. I guess all roads lead to, to Slovakia. Um, but um, I think that the news get to us when you have such a, a direct contact with local reporters in different European countries, you get hold of the news very, very rapidly. So. Um, what you were discussing in, in a wonderful, by the way, earlier episode, I think it was Filip Suharik about um, the Facebook feed experiments in, in Slovakia. We found out about this, I, I, I think it's safe to say, much earlier than most English language media, thanks to our contributor from, uh, this is a little bit harder to pronounce, but I think it's Denik N., which is a, a Slovak newspaper. So we sometimes we find out about things, um, I don't want to brag, but we find out about things quicker than the BBC, for example, because when uh, Katlis Puigdemont was in Brussels having his uh, press conference, I was emailing back and forth with our Belgian contributor, just talking about the mood and talking about the jokes, for example, that Bel Belgians were making about this particular situation. So we get this wonderful local perspective very rapidly. And the other thing that I learned from my experience in this past month, um, and this is a, a gendered perspective because we, we were 
this is one of the most important elements of the project is because we were curious to see if women would select different headlines than men. And there are some differences, I think I can already say, and some of them are in a way very obvious. Like, for example, we get more stories about children than standard newspapers do. And it sounds so obvious that it's almost boring. Yes, of course, that women would be more concerned about children. But on the other hand, it raises the question, why don't we speak about children in, in mainstream newspapers? Isn't there, isn't, aren't children the main demographic that we should concern ourselves with because it's such an indicator of the kind of future that we're going to have? So if, if there's an issue that affects children, well, then I think it is a good idea to talk about it. I would say that if you talk to uh, some people or if they hear that you start a news network where women choose the news, I could get the impression or they could get the impression that it's only about, as you said, like uh, perspectives from women, but it's actually more than just uh, text about the Me Too campaign or something else. How do you like react to if there would be something like that, let's say, okay, it's another... Uh, news initiative talking about like let's say as, as you said like children topics or or me too for example but it's obviously not because it's just um, the news world but through the eyes of women we we do get a lot of me too stuff what can i say <laughs> i guess it's it's been on the news and it's natural that women would want to talk about it we get a lot of, of gender equality or, or gender-focused news as well. They're always welcome, but we don't want to shut the door to, to other content as well. Um, another Something that was very interesting to me is, is that men's rights actually resurfaced more often than in traditional media. So issues like a suicide, which is very much a male issue because it affects men disproportionately, was covered in our uh, in our news roundup, and similar issues that that affect men seem to also be of more interest to women. So it was very, very. It was a very interesting month, and I'm curious to see how things will develop. So one of one of the things when I first uh, visited the news mavens, uh, the the website, because uh, I believe that's your like main representation of the medium, right? That's correct. So one of the th first things that stri uh, stri uh, struck me was um, that the the articles uh, are structured in a very, I would say, different uh, way than uh, you get on most news websites. So you have a you have a, a, a kind of an article or. A, Some some flash news or or, or maybe a, a little bit longer article, and then there is like kind of a fact facts sheet, and after that there is like the 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 source of the of the website uh, the reporter uh, is working for. So so for example, when I open News Mavens at the moment, we are recording this on 7th of November. And the the first article is from is is by Yvette Kureshi from uh, like Hungary, and then goes like uh, Ria uh, from Slovakia, um, and 
so when I, when I open it, then I, I go into the article. I actually love the design, I must say. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> good. But how did you come up with this structure of the article? That's, that's what I'm curious really about. Uh, yes, thank you for bringing it up, actually, David. I think it's it's worth explaining. And also thank you about the graphic design. We have the best graphic designer on Earth. Um, but <laughs> yes, the way, as you rightly said, the way it's structured is that we have a, a contributor explaining why the this particular article is relevant. So we have a short explanation from you know, a Hungarian editor or a Slovak editor saying like, well, this is important because of this piece of context or this piece of information, this is relevant now in my country. Then we have a summary of the article that's being recommended, uh, a fact summary, and I think this is essential for, for online readers, for smartphone readers, people love it. They always thank us. Oh, thank you for the summary. So I don't need to read a full length article in you know German. Or <laughs> um, people are usually very thankful to have bite-sized facts prepared for them. And then finally, we have the link to the original article. And these articles are not necessarily written by our women editors. We promote the work of uh, male journalists as well. They're just uh, articles that these women thought were important for their country on that particular day. So that's how our news roundup works. So uh, I have done my bit of reporting actually before this podcast. So I talked to Ria about the project. So she's the, the Slovak contributor for News Mavens, for those of you who don't know. Um, and uh, I was asking her about the... We always ask our guests about these two things, which is like content and distribution, like how they uh, see these two things, which are like a big question in journalism, especially in, in Europe. Uh, I would say maybe especially now in Slovakia, it's like a raising question every day. But uh, how, how, do you, how do you see um, something like this? So you have... Uh, like uh, many contributors which are sending you daily or weekly or sometimes like a few few articles in a uh, in a week uh, but how are you um, like thinking about the distribution of this content and who do you think like who who do you think is your audience and who would you like to have uh, like your audience that is also an interesting aspect of News Mavens is that unlike many other news organizations, we are not especially aggressive in with distribution because we consider it to be an experiment. We're very interested in letting things develop organically so that we have reliable data about who was genuinely interested in our project. So we are observing things very carefully since we've been live for for such a short amount of time i don't know if our you know our data is is accurate or relevant because we don't have that many that many views on the website on the other hand as most people say i'm sure social media does indicate certain trends and certain sort of fields of of interest for example with slovakia i was um, I was very curious as to how people would react to our content because outside of Slo Slovakia, obviously, because it's a country that's usually absent from, you know, the main 
news discourse. It's a country that you very seldom see on, on BBC or you know, Reuters, just to give an example. And it turns out that uh, with Ria's with help, obviously, when there's an interesting topic, people bite naturally, people all over the world, people from the UK, people from the US even, even if we are a European news roundup. Um, when something happens, something that brings something to the social media discussion and an additional fact or story that makes people react, then it does get to the right audience without any effort on our part. So I don't know if that answers your question. Maybe you were asking about something else. Maybe I can specify. So um, as, 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 as we have talked to guests, so there are like obviously like, like several distribution options. Um, there are like when I was on a, on a, uh, a digital media exchange in US, uh, we were at, at, at uh, in San Francisco talking to the guys who run CNET. So they are like this big tech review uh, publication and they said like, like 60 or 70% of their efforts um, in uh, online distribution go into like optimizing for Google because that's their like biggest uh, uh, like uh, Google brings them the most visitors so uh, in in this case uh, like how uh, where do you see your like obviously Facebook outside of Slovakia in Europe is, is still still a, a big player and uh, and a very important uh, a way of distribution but uh, wh where do you see expanding i have seen that you are preparing a newsletter i have already signed up a few weeks back but i'm not sure that has uh, has uh, like you've started that so th there's that's maybe well one one question in like this regard like like our newsletters the the, the way you see it um, in the future And and how about the you know like this old player uh, Google like uh, do do you want to be big on SEO because like that's that's the best thing you can like provide for uh, for like users when they are like looking for something and like bite size information it's like I don't know actually about any um, English speaking publication in Europe that does it so that's like a big big thumbs thumbs up from me. Thanks, thanks. Yes, yes, uh, you're very right in bringing up the newsletter. We're At the moment, we're investing most of our efforts and resources into preparing the newsletter, and we are hoping this brings um, loads of high-quality traffic to the page. So that's, <laughs> that's our main weapon. In terms of SEO, I think uh, our technical team, which is very talented, has is, you know, overseeing the the ranking of the page also i'm hoping that since you know we're spending google's money they'll boost us <laughs> in the rankings <laughs> just out of kindness so yeah it's a, more of a, a wish wishing based approach <laughs> and and also social media of course facebook facebook is is limited and you know nowadays i find that Even quality content cannot reach a reasonable audience if there's no no money behind it. So right now um, we're investing a little bit of money in that. Obviously, Twitter does create some interesting discussions, but 
something that's being said, I think, more more and more amidst independent media houses and, and, and initiatives is that it is unwise to surrender your your users' conversations and your comments and your uh, generally the discussion around your content. It is unwise to surrender this to social media and it should be kept very much on your website. So in the future, we're hoping to bring user comments on the website directly rather than simply just having the entire discussion outsourced to, to Facebook and to Twitter ultimately. But this is still all in the works. At the moment, I think we're just happy that the website is working somehow. Okay, you leave me no, no other option than ask you if you want to like have it all on your website and maybe there is some day the Google DNI fund is running out and you probably need some ideas how to uh, get some money for the project, don't you? Yes, yes, we do. We're already thinking about how to keep the project sustainable. Um, one idea is that, is that we will, and actually we already have customers who customers who want a, a a news roundup by women. So other larger media um, media organization who want to feature a a little news roundup chosen by women editors on their website. So we're hoping to pitch that. Um, obviously, there are loads of inspiring stories about small media organization who've managed to successfully crown crowdfund their their uh, crowdfund their way into existence so for example our partners in the UK the market mogul they managed to uh, stay afloat entirely thanks to crowdfunding and they're doing an amazing job so this is obviously very inspiring Okay, um, I wish you good luck for that. I mean, you, you know that everyone is, is looking for the right answer, but I think being a partner with uh, several news companies and media houses is, is a very nice idea. Uh, which brings me to the next thing. I'm really impressed by um, your strategic partners, like their standard, uh, Danik N, you, you talked about it, Irish Times and so on. How did you manage to like convince them to be part of the project and do, do they just give you their contents for free or is there any kind of arrangement that you can like reuse it or are you not able to talk about it because the contracts are so so heavy and hard <laughs> yeah that's an interesting question we do have contracts and we do pay a symbolic fee um, but in answer to your question how did we get such partners um, it's entirely thanks to our editor-in-chief Susanna who, um, and, and the interesting thing about Susanna is that um, she's a very charismatic and action-oriented person. She is a Polish-American, so she understands Europe, she understands European mentalities, she understands um, European media organization, but at the same time, she really has this uh, American go get him attitude. And I think in this particular case, that combination of... of personality traits worked wonders because uh, we got loads of partners just you know from um, her networking her going to conferences to talking to people presenting the project and just doing that she managed to well just doing that it's a lot of effort obviously but uh, out of sheer charisma I would say she brought many many people on board yeah that's very nice I mean it's a very good feature that you have the English 
parts and like the original sources got like the original language part so there isn't isn't any conflict unless google translate is getting better and better and you can translate the sites directly but i really really um like the idea and uh, your strategic partners and i could imagine that like giving out an issue just sorted out by women is a wonderful thing that you want to have in your mailbox every every morning or every evening or whenever you want your newsletters so very well done and i just have to say that i also like the design i didn't have any chance to say thank you er earlier in the, in the episode uh, and i really i really hope you you have luck and money and everything with with the project i like it very much and um yeah as it's only one month there are hundreds of articles i bet <laughs> uh which you can all yeah. scroll through. Yeah, I think we, we have... I've had to retag the entirety of our content, so I think we have like 153 or something like this. Oh, wow. We have, we have a lot, so I know that from experience because I needed to fix something in every single article. But uh, thank you. Thank you for, for your enthusiasm. Do you think that you would expand like to Asia or the US? or Africa or whatever? Or do you want to stay European and let it be an European project? Excellent question. On one hand, I think the project could work very well in Africa, in North America, in South America. I think the project could work anywhere else. I also think that we have had uh, topics that touch on different areas. So we've had uh, uh, articles about for example, the, the African policies of the current French government, so there was some sort of overlap. But on the other hand, I have to say that for me, this is a deeply European project because, I mean, it, it is rooted, I think, in the wonder that both Zuzana and I feel towards Europe, which is such a fascinating place with such a dense history and, and dense politics. And I think as um, women who, who grew up in North America and who's, who spent the beginning of their lives in North America where there's a sense of, of distance and, and you know, uh, one country is the size of Europe, looking at Europe, we just can't look away. It's so interesting to us. And we start every day by discussing what happened and what our contributors have sent us. And we, I, I think that Of course, I'm sure Africa would have, would give a similar, similarly varied and interesting roundup. But I just cannot stop thinking and admiring European cultures and politics and, and discussions because they're so varied. And yeah, <laughs> that's that's quite interesting. I mean, um, working from Europe doesn't mean you can't like talk about North American problems or or yeah anything because everything affects like Europe as well when Trump does this and that it has an effect on on Europe as well so yeah but I I find it very interesting that you two just came from from over the great pond and now love to work here in in Europe and especially in Eastern Europe that's not the most logical step from i don't know from north america to europe I, I guess. yes that's uh, that's a comment we hear often but on the other hand i 
honestly do not understand why. I've uh, visited most of Europe. I've lived in many different places. And I really wouldn't pick anywhere else over, um, I mean, Warsaw and, and Central Europe generally, I think there's really, there's a really fascinating energy out here. So talking, talking about Europe, um, uh, th- there is also one r- recurring topic we uh, like to ask our uh, guests and like talk to some of them, but you are like the best person to talk to about it so far because you are running um, a cross country like cross european like pan european publication uh, which i believe is like <laughs> first of its kind like in a, in a in a different way like because it's run by female but not only that but you're like gathering news for from all the all the countries obviously there are some like political but they are like really brussels focused and so so my question is like i i have talked about this uh, like we have talked to to different guests about this but you're actually like the first person who's running a publication like this like um so uh, my question is like where do you see the potential and and if you are thinking about maybe original reporting in in the in the future i'm not saying you're not doing that but uh at, at at the moment obviously you have some uh articles which are like originally reported but uh, in in that sense that you're like uh, bringing the european culture to uh, uh to those people who are like interested in europe as as a whole like as a region not only like their country yes i think this is one of the areas where our project has great potential because it it connects reporters in a way that seldom happens, I find, where they, they read one another's content every day, and then you sort of see micro-collaborations pop up already between, for example, our Hungarian reporter was saying that, oh, you know, it's, uh, it's great that I had our Belgium con- contributor to work with because then I was able to produce some better content on the particular story that I was working on. So I think also from an internal perspective, we will probably be able to foster some um, bi-country or cross-cultural collaborations that will lead to deeper reporting, that will lead to, I mean, nowadays so many issues or so many stories happen in more than one country. And I think that by having stronger ties between journalists uh, journalists from different countries, like you guys as, as well, I think we will allow for better reporting. And when that reporting arises, I think we will very gladly feature it on newsmavens.com. And uh, so uh, speaking speaking about uh, this and also the distribution we talked about before, uh, are you thinking about maybe starting a podcast? I mean, I would I would love to listen to such a podcast. Yes, I would love to have a News Mavens podcast. We've just been so busy, but I actually take part in a, another podcast called Stories from the Eastern West. So um, <laughs> that's also something to check out. It's about interesting events in Central European history, but I would love to sort of take that further and also have a News Mavens podcast. So um, just waiting for the chance. We're just trying to get the newsletter running and then um, I'll try to convince our editor-in-chief. 
Uh, that's great. We will, we will uh, if you send us the link, uh, I, I, I believe you send us, so uh, we, will, we will put it in the description of the podcast so the people can uh, find another great podcast, I believe. I I'll definitely check it out. I have I haven't I I know Susanna mentioned like you're a podcaster as well, so that's great. But I haven't had the chance to check it out so far, so that's great. It's actually a a very big team of people who are really passionate about Central and European history and um, all sorts of you know interesting facts. So that's that's a really great team. I'll send you the links. That would be brilliant, and yeah. You all can go to um, the website, which is newsmavens.com, and then you can find Susanna and write her an email that she should start or say yes to a podcast. So if you like a News Mavens podcast, please go there. <laughs> yes, let's please all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you're, you're happy about feedback. Um, yeah, I Very just can much say so, yes. fo follow News Mavens everywhere on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And on the website and make sure to also follow us uh, i have to say we are at the end of the podcast our our time is running up um very 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 nice that you've been on our podcast leah thank you very much my pleasure and i'll keep on listening to you guys thank you and if there is any news mavis podcast we will surely check it out and i'm sure we will have you back after some time when you can say some more about insights and everything but um, as far as I see it now the project is run, running very fine and yeah we should all check it out every every now and then every day whatever and before we end there is always one last thing to say but before that uh, we are on SoundCloud we are on iTunes we are on Google Play music podcast or whatever that thing is called and yeah before you go to bed or go to work or whenever you hear this david what's the last thing we always have to say yeah always remember to check your facts guys all right then <laughs> thank you very much and bye thanks bye, guys bye bye bye